In this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, we discuss putting the social into social media, building your personal brand in 2020, and authentic content beats TV commercials. Let's get into it. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, the podcast where we get to know and gain insights from leaders within the automotive industry. My guest this week, I think, has a very interesting backstory and has developed himself throughout his automotive journey. I've been very keen to spend some time with this man and to pick his brain and, and I think many of you could really benefit from his experience and mindset as well. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff Hunter. How are you, mate? Hey, I'm awesome, man. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to you. I am too, mate. As I said, I, uh, I've, I've been very, very, very keen and very, I've, I've, been, I've been impatient in a way. I wanted to spend some time with you because I think, as I said in the, uh, in the intro, I think there's some... A lot of my listeners and a lot of the people that, that take in our content, I think, can definitely learn from, from the way you go about things. So, as we said before we hit the record button, um, I don't think there's a, you know, I don't think there's a, a, a GM Jeff out there in our marketplace. And I think, I think, uh, I think definitely, uh, definitely you, your skills and experience can, can inspire, hopefully, that person to come out. Perfect. Yeah. Well, again, it, I think we, like you said, before I came, uh, before we started recording, it just boggles my mind um, with the, the technology that we have nowadays that more people, I mean, I'm 41 years old, so it's not like I'm a 20 year old, you know, uh, you know, techie kind of person to begin with. So if I can do it, certainly the people, the, especially the new people coming up can, can, can do it. So. Absolutely. All right. So give us the, give us the backstory for, uh, for you, Mr. Hunter. So, um, obviously, you know, where, where are you now and where, where have you come from and, and, uh, yeah, give us like, give us the whole box and dice. Yeah. So first and foremost, I am from Canada. You know that I'm not sure if, any, if everybody listening knows that. So, uh, Canadian, um, from, uh, Northern Ontario, a small community It's called, uh, the city's called Sea State Marie, uh, between 60 and 70,000 people, uh, born here, Lived down in Toronto for a while, came back home. Uh, but retail's always been in my blood. I've always done retail. My father owned a uh, Yamaha Power Sports dealership uh, for my growing up. Uh, did the whole racing motocross, uh, something called snowcross, which you probably don't know down nah. there because it's racing snowmobiles. Nah, don't, don't, don't need a lot of that, no. <laughs> uh, snowmobiles, snowmobiles over jumps, all that kind of stuff. So that was cool. Um, had some fun in that young, those younger days. And uh, uh, my dad was retirement age, and um, uh, I was, uh, you know, starting a new, new family and all that kind of stuff. And so uh, he retired. We, we we closed that business down, and I thought, you know, what's the next logical step for for somebody who's, uh, you know, kind of a gearhead and 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 knows retail? I thought, well, you know, automotive industry. And I was fortunate enough to know the local General Motors dealer, who I'm already a General Motors guy to begin with. My dad drove GM stuff. I'm, you know, following suit with that. And so fortunate knew the dealer principal. He gave me a shot. And uh, the rest is history. So I've been working uh, for, it's called Pro Chevrolet in Sault Ste. Marie for about the last uh, seven and a half years, going, just going past seven and a half years. And, uh, you know, quite a transition. As, you know, as much as it's still retail and it's still motors, it's not the same as the power sports industry. Um, you know, uh, a, lot, a lot of things to learn, especially going into a General Motors brand. Because, uh, man, we got four different lines with uh, tons of different, uh, uh, you could took it, Chevy Silverado, there's eight different models of that truck alone, right? So, um but the adjustment was good, and uh, and I'm loving it. I, and if you can already tell, if anybody out there's watching any of my videos, I'm super passionate about what it is I do. So 
Yeah, I think um, that's uh, that's probably an understatement, mate. I think uh, yeah, you're very you. I think I think there's there's uh, there's I think there's definite there's a definite people can pick up that there's a there's an, there's an enthusiasm for what you do, um, whether it's whether it's whether it's social media, whether it's telling 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 your followers about about your uh, your day, your vehicle, you know. Asking questions like there's a high level and there's definitely something that permeates a high level engagement of stuff that you do and and as we said I don't I don't think there's an Australian version of you or a New Zealand version of you out there in in the marketplace and and I think it's really something that is is really the prototype of the the automotive retailer of the future you know I think the way the way the way it is these days where customers have knowledge customers have Customers have a, an endless resource that's available to them that they um, they have available, but it's up to us to build those brands and the relationships with with our customers. And I think that's something that you do very well. Absolutely, I think you know part of what I do is kind of like an icebreaker, right? So people already know who you are before they come in. They feel like they they feel like they know you, and and so when they come in, it's not like they're just coming in and you're the first time they've ever seen you. You don't they don't know what they're getting themselves into. Uh, you know, most people watch my video, especially locally, because obviously, um, you know, again, a small, a small community, uh, people know, hey, this is what you're up against. <laughs> when you going to come and see me? This guy's going to be high energy and uh, very passionate about the product. And But again, I, I think it's uh, it just relaxes the situation before, you know, before people walk in, because despite knowing all this stuff and doing all this research ahead of time, there's still that, you know, that nervousness of going into a dealership, especially for a younger person or first a first time buyer. Um, and if I can help alleviate some of that with with them knowing who I am ahead of time, then that's part a small part of what it is I do. Yeah, absolutely. Where where do you think where do you think some where do you think in uh, in some ways the industry is getting the the social media side of it wrong? Like for me, I think I think we um, a lot of people think that social media is an extension of their marketing division. You know, like if they've if they put a TV ad out there or if they put a press ad out there or whatever it's just duplicated cut and paste and whacked on their facebook or instagram but where do, do you see that do you see that where as where as where the industry is getting it a little bit skewed incorrectly yeah 100% so that's the one of the things that i think that 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 dealerships and sales people who are trying to do a little bit of doing are are getting it completely wrong and and the whole idea of social media is social media right so it's connecting with customers it's it's providing them value it's not uh, what's the next greatest ad like i think i've been doing my facebook page now for two and a half years or so and in that time you can count on less than one hand the amount of times i've ever talked pricing ever talked about an ad did one recently actually but again if you do it so sparingly it's not too bad and you do it in a fun way it's not bad but for the most part you don't want to sell you're not selling on your channel you're selling yourself you're selling the dealership you're selling your product in terms of the the features that it offers we're not talking pricing because you know what our customers are so our clients are so inundated with that whether it be on tv uh you know at a sporting event um magazines you know whatever it is it's like bam 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 it's always the next sale zero percent this and that and the other thing and they're you know they hear that enough from the manufacturers and there are and they're hearing it from the dealer uh dealers on top of that they don't need to hear it from the salesperson as well so you know uh, the whole idea is to create a relaxed atmosphere where they can communicate with you and again you're providing them value not Boom, and they're faced with their what's already seen because that just they tune you tune you out. So if you ever see dealerships or salespeople doing that, you can quickly look at their Facebook page and look at the engagement, and it's like next to nothing for that reason because 
what are they going to comment on a sale price, right? Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with you there, and I think I think really the the general public these days, as you say, they've got they've got access to all of that, they've got access to all that data if they want to find it. Um, so they they don't need necessarily need to know um, need to know the, the the recommended retail price for for X Y Z Z vehicle, and and I also think people don't necessarily in twenty twenty. I don't think people actually really like to be sold to. Like exactly. You know the 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 funny irony of our world being the being the auto auto industry is that we we are stereotyped by by how our the people back in the 70s and the 80s did it, you know? It was yes. a you know the the guy with the gold chains and the slick back hair and and all the tricks <laughs> that um that could coerce yeah. into someone making a decision that they didn't want to make where Customers now have, uh, as we as we said, they've got they've got a lot of knowledge, um, and really, the the whole purpose I think for for social media is that relationship building side, because that's that's something that uh, that's something that a a newspaper ad can't do, or a a, exactly. a TV ad can't do. It can't build a, a meaningful relationship, and that's the difference between someone giving you the opportunity for business or not. I think hundred uh, percent. And you know, you can, again, you, you, you look at these uh, TV ads or radio ads and, and again, they, they, they kind of go in one ear and what the other for most people. And, and oddly enough, I find that it's people who come to buy from me. They've been following my page for the last year or six months, or they, it's not like they just got on my page and then came in the next day. They're, they've been watching me. And again, it's kind of that like mental um, relationship that we've created, although I've never even maybe spoken to them before, right? So, and again, like you say, you're not going to develop that over time. There's no development in a, in a, in a magazine ad. It's, it's a one-time shot and that's it. And the next one is something else. It's not this, you know, development of something, right? So yeah. I think that's where social is. Uh, so many people are missing out on that. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a lot like the differences between our the retail side of the business and like the fleet side of the business, isn't it? You know, like a a good fleet person, for example, they don't they don't go out knocking on doors and saying, "Oh, I'm going to sell 50 cars this month," because that just doesn't happen. You know, their their business develops over time. You know, there's a relationship with their right. with their customers. That's the way we've got to look at really at, at look at social. And um, I think you know, in I think every every uh, you know, I, I think about I think about our world here and and the businesses that are that are represented here. Um, some I think on in a minority level, there are there are only a handful of deal of businesses that I believe that actually um, are really comfortable about their people building a personal brand. You know, they don't they actually don't want their salespeople building a brand and representing their business. It's they you know they want the they want their they want their people to stick to the company line and and uh, don't say anything that we haven't scrutinized and very protective of that which. You can understand, but you can also you can also understand what they're missing out on potentially by by you know embracing their people's entrepreneurial flair. No individual, individual. yeah, individuality, right? There is no individuality in, in when you're just pulling the company line and everybody's saying you just like robotic, right? Everybody's just saying the same thing, and again, it goes in one ear and out the other because we've already heard this field before, we've already heard this line before. Um, absolutely. It's, it's, I think you're, you're completely right where it's just, it's, um, it's crushing anybody's individuality to, to, you know, to give different flavors. I mean, you can, if you had four different people in a dealership and you all have different characteristics, 
that'd be great because then 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 you're going to lend yourself that person's going to lend themselves to the ones they feel most comfortable with right and um if they're all the same then what's the point yeah <laughs> really yeah yeah it, it boggles my mind it boggles it really does it really boggles my mind because i think it's it's as I said, we're we're missing out on, and actually we've had a we had an instance actually locally. Um, um, shout out to Luke Camilleri. Um, he there was a there was a dealer locally that um, that that he he's when it comes to marketing and embracing social media, he would be he would be the the dealership itself would be the shining light in our market. But he um, he made he made the press because he had a lot of people doing TikToks, you know, weird the weird dance moves and. <laughs> You know, promoting his business oh, yeah. that way, and it was just, you know, the 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 criticism was the criticism of it was that it was cheesy, and it's like, and and for me, I'm I'm a massive believer in all publicity is great publicity. You know, even if it's even if someone's yeah. accusing you of being cheesy, it's um, exactly. it's it's a way of building that authenticity with your with your customers, um, and it's a yeah yeah I as I said I. I think uh, I I can't understand why people wouldn't be uh, people wouldn't be embracing it more. So what what's been what's been? Yeah, no, yeah, sorry, absolutely. No, I was disagreeing with you one hundred percent. Yeah. What's so? What's been? Um, obviously, you're. I know you're. You're on LinkedIn. You and I are connected on on LinkedIn and have been for some time. Obviously, your Facebook and other other channels as well. You've got a a YouTube channel which I also follow, which you you do a lot of great stuff. Um, what's been? You know. I think what, what what are the learnings that you've taken from obviously starting this sort of social media um, automotive journey? What what are the learnings that you've you've taken along the way, Jeff? Uh, consistency right off the bat. Um, you can't be you can't go in half assed. You know what I mean? As, as as I would like to say, if you post once now, then you're posting another time three weeks, and then another three days, and then another you know it has to be daily. Like it's, it's almost like, you know, you go to the gym, you got to keep doing, you got to keep doing it. Otherwise you're going to, it's not going to work. Right. So uh, consistency is key, not getting um, frustrated in terms of, you know, uh, understanding that it's nothing comes immediate uh, in, in, in this portion. It does take time to build it up no matter where you are, no matter who you are. Um, and eventually though, it does start to snowball, which is kind of the, the, the phase I'm in right now where things are starting to snowball a bit for me. And, you know, I've been doing it again for about two and a half years or just maybe just over and, uh, you know, that might seem like a long time to some people, but when you're doing this as a career, that's a really small window. Yes. And it went by, like, it, when I look at back at my first video I did of a 2018 uh, Chevrolet Traverse, it seems like it was yesterday. To be completely honest. Although the quality might not be the greatest, yeah. uh, it seems like it was yesterday when I did it. So, um, but again, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if you're going to do, if you're going to do the social, you have to, you have to consider what you're doing as a career. You can't, if you're just here for a job and you're here for six months, you're, you're, you're looking past it. And don't even bother because it is something that takes time and commitment, but it is gonna it's gonna pay back tenfold, I think. Um, you know, from um, spending the time in, in which to do it, right? Um, you know, so again, consistency, the the the, uh, the expected time. Um, what else? You know, it, it's uh, just getting confident in terms of being on the camera. I know that takes a bit of time. Uh, putting yourself out there, so. It's, Interestingly enough, when I first started, I just kind of did videos and it was just going to be fun and that was it. I don't like looking at myself. I don't, you know I don't what I mean? Anybody, and, and, I don't uh, think anybody does. Day, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, though, when I started realizing, wait a second, you know, that customer is going to come and see me anyway. They're going to see me in person, so who cares? And, and they're not going to even know who they're looking for. 
Um, I, that's been a mistake I've noticed a lot of salespeople doing now, which I did. So in, in fairness, I, I did the same thing. And um, uh, immediately, as soon as I started showing my face and stuff now, which I do in everything, not because I love myself, not because I want to, uh, but because I just know that um, the recognition, and especially in a small community where I am, like people recognize you when you go out now, <laughs> which is insane. Like yeah. I'm just a car sales guy, right? But, but because you're plastered everywhere all the time. And, um, you know, hopefully you're, you're the one that comes top of mind when that customer, especially a new customer who hasn't dealt with somebody before, is looking for, uh, for a vehicle. So getting your face out there um, and then just doing as much content as you can, but not content just for the sake of content. Like really think about how you're um, going to help somebody or, how, you know, what, what are you offering with this? Is it, just, is it just to put something on Facebook or is it because you think somebody, it may only be a small group of people if it's a Chevy Spark small car and I sell trucks all day long. But there is still going to be some, be some people that want to know about that. Um, you know, what, what are you bringing of value? Because I think that is the one thing that, you know, most of our clients is, is you know, kind of what's this person bringing to me for me to even want to follow them and, and to continue to do that. So those are some of the things that, I, you know, I've kind of learned along the way. Yeah, absolutely, isn't it? And, and, if you, and because obviously you're on, you're on multiple channels, do you, do you sort of tailor your content to the channel? Like do you, do you put something, say, on LinkedIn that you don't put on on facebook or anything else or is it just sort of how, yeah. how do you go about it a little bit i mean i reuse uh, i reuse some content obviously I, again being i'm i'm a full-time salesperson so yeah. it's not as though i haven't got a production like, team behind you so, yeah i don't have anybody helping me with it and it, you know and, and, and i don't uh, you know time-wise it is, is, is always hard to find sometimes especially when you are busy right if i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing then i should be busy right so um you know it's it's uh you can repurpose stuff. And really sometimes it's interesting because all it is is just changing what the title of it is or changing what you're saying about it, uh, about that video in, in terms of the title, making it, making it different for Instagram and make it different for YouTube and, and, and Facebook. And uh, what I can say too is that, uh, you know, YouTube is great um, for, you know, directing customers to if they want to see a video of something. So it's more like a library for me as much as anything else. Of course, now I'm starting to do more of it. So it's more, you know, internationally, but that's not helping me necessarily sales wise. So if I can tell a beginning salesperson, it's not necessary to jump on YouTube right away. This is just my own experience. Um, it's more so to concentrate on Facebook because I find that that's where you're going to be able to have the easiest and best communication with your, with your customers. They can direct message you and, um, it, you know, they can, you can see who they're connected to and vice versa. And so I just think that uh, Facebook would be, should be your best and most, uh, your, your starting focus at least. And then obviously you're branching out to these other channels as well. I mean, again, uh, you know, you get some from Instagram. Uh, LinkedIn, I find, is more, definitely more, uh, it's a learning format for me. And it's a, it's a place yes. where I connect with great people like yourself. Um, uh, where I live, it's not as much of a sales thing. I don't have, you know, tons of professionals that are up in, in, in the high uh, office buildings like you would in a Toronto or in a Melbourne or you know, in Sydney or what, you know, these major cities, yeah. right? So, um, so I think that, uh, you know, different channels are used for, for, for different things, right? So uh, again, there's tons of stuff I post on LinkedIn that I would never post on my Facebook or I would never post on my YouTube because yeah. it's related People to get, what we're what? about there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's some memes that I'll put on Instagram that I'd be like, mm, maybe I'm not yeah. going to put that on my Facebook. Yeah, it's it's in Facebook. Just seems so much more like my that's my business, and everything else is just some other fun stuff that's gonna drive my other pages up because there are a lot of them. You know, they're connected in a way, yeah, too, right? So absolutely, somebody will see my YouTube, will bring them to my Facebook or my Instagram and my Facebook, and vice versa. And so, you know, they kind of build off one another. Uh, you mentioned TikTok earlier, man. I'm I'm so torn on that one because um, I started on it. Uh, you know, one of my first videos I had you know was starting at forty thousand views or something crazy. It was wow. a stupid video, right? And it started to, to, it was climbing. And then um, 
I'm torn just because there doesn't seem to be as much regulations. I've got two young children. I have a six-year-old and I have an eight-year-old. And where my torn aspect comes from is they used to go to watch, watch Daddy on there. Well, as soon as you open this thing up, there's there's yeah. all, all kinds of stuff on yeah. there. And, okay, don't worry, get me wrong. It's on Instagram and Facebook and stuff too, but it's not as regulated. And um, so I, I had to take myself off there, just more of a, of a thing for my kids. But uh, there's, I want to say that there's definitely... Uh, a market out there for that too, because again, my biggest thing with all this stuff is I fully realize that our next biggest buying demographic is is, is millennials, and that's how they're shopping. That's what they're looking at. And guess what? Millennials are the ones that are driving TikTok to be the, the most popular, you know, uh, social media thing out there right now. It seems to be right. So, Absolutely. Even even yeah. if even if the only benefit you get from having a like a having a having an account on TikTok is practice producing content, you know, like you. As you mentioned before, true, as, yeah. as you mentioned before, you know, you the first video that you ever did versus to the versus the content that you produce now, you probably were cringing. You probably cringed the other day when you went <laughs> back to check on. It's like, oh, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't do that the same way. If you know, from, from what you know. <laughs> no. exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and do you do you um and obviously yeah, as you say, it's it's. It's like playing golf, isn't it? You know, you 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 don't drive with your putter or putt with your driver. You know, you 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 pull out the right club for the right shot. And so, you know, if you if you've got a, a specific piece of content, you know, you you think about which channel would would be best served. And sometimes you think about which time which time of the week would it be best served. You know, like where where are, where are people generally in their buying cycles and stuff. But you know, they've all got their. Facebook is a great communication, but it's also highly visual, isn't it? Um, where, yes. where Instagram is more visual than communication. Um, exactly. And then you got your, you know, you've you've got your YouTube's, which is hundred percent visual, um, uh, yep. and LinkedIn's really that professional sort of network where you where you surround yourself with like minded people. That's the differences between all of these platforms and where it sort of sits. Absolutely. And I would think, you know, one of the recommendations I can have for uh, any salespeople that are thinking about doing what I'm doing, all that kind of stuff, as you just mentioned, last, uh, the last platform of LinkedIn, obviously, again, where we connected, I just think that that is such a great platform. And I know there's tons of salespeople out there right now that are going to listen to you and, and that, that, that hopefully they're going to listen to this conversation. And if I can say anything to them is if you're nervous about doing some of this stuff, um, do your videos and put them on LinkedIn first. And the reason I say that is because you're not necessarily putting it to your customers, you're putting it to fellow professionals, uh, whether it be, you know, uh, dealer principals or managers or other salespeople or people like yourself that, that, you know, are in the know. And I just find like, there's no, there's, there's nowhere near the hecklers. There's nowhere near the, the fear of, well, what are people going to say? Because I think if nothing else is going to be positive, positive criticism or just positivity or, you know, general ideas of, Hey, you know, maybe you should do this. And so you can kind of get your feet wet doing it that way so that when you do, do it on your Facebook page or, or an Instagram or whatever. Um, you're, you're a bit more polished. And again, being super polished isn't perfect anyway. No. You kind of want to have yeah. it to be not super polished. That's the whole idea. But um, just so where you're more comfortable and you're representing yourself in the way you want to you know, do it rather than being shaky because you're nervous about it. Um, so I've always said to people, it's the one thing I learned and I didn't have initially because I, I started LinkedIn after I did other stuff. Uh, I kind of wish I had done LinkedIn first because then I think it would have... Uh, Help me with my, you know, initial progression, my initial steps, and, and getting ideas from people as to what I should change or what I should do and stuff like that. I'm and I'm oh, I'm always more than willing to help people if I see stuff like that on there. If they ask me or if I see it, you know, to, to pump people up and and, and uh, because I think it takes a lot of courage just to just to do it. I'm not saying that for myself. I'm well over that now, but the initial just pushing that red button yeah. uh, 
I know it's not easy. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, you like anything in life, isn't it? You grow. You grow when you step outside of your little comfort zone, don't you? Like that's that's exactly. that's where you that's where you you know that's where the 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 the, the real experiences come from. How do you do? You focus much on the numbers, like the analytics side of it. Like, do you sort of try something, try different things, and sort of see how that works? Is that something that is all consuming, or is it just about it's just about relationship building? A little bit, you know, um, my more analytic focus has recently just been on YouTube because I'm I, I'm kind of a somebody who always wants to be the best at you know whatever. It is yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just starting. To, I've been I've been throwing my videos on YouTube and and uh, but now I think YouTube is very very interesting in terms of the analytics. I don't I don't follow the, a, a ton of analytics on my Facebook page. I just kind of do what comes naturally and here's how I feel today and here's what I'm going to post. And the one thing I can say that I'm bad for, which I think that would be that benefit could benefit people, is having a you know a schedule in which to do things because then I can I can, I can see where you can really see where things are working or things aren't working. Um, for me, I just kind of know roughly good times to post. But again, it's 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 based around when I have the time to do it, right? So. Uh, my content is created a lot, ninety uh, percent on the fly. It's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like we'll get a vehicle, and I'm like, oh, that's, oh, we got one of those, and I'm going across the street and do a video right now. Like the last one I did, I, think, uh, I did a video on a blazer. I just saw it, came off the transport, I went across the street, did a video on it, did all my work, and when I was had a few minutes in between, I would edit it, and then I posted it that day. And it was just like, it wasn't like I was thinking tomorrow I'm going to go in and I'm going to do this. But I think that comes across more naturally as well, right? Because it's just it's coming off the cuff, and it and. But again, yeah, it's if you can if you can try and do a try and do a schedule, but it doesn't always work no, out that no, way. No, it doesn't. And so for me, analytics yeah. and the analytics are on YouTube are only starting because I'm I'm, I'm going to you know starting to monetize things. I'm thinking, okay, if I get, I, I'm going to make something off this channel, then I want to know when's the best time, how my tag should work, all that kind of stuff. So in the last three weeks, I've been focusing on YouTube. I've really been um, learning learning a lot, which I can you know apply to other platforms. For example, a thumbnail on YouTube. You want it to kind of look uniform to an extent, maybe a certain color, whatever it is to brand yourself. Well, that can also lend itself to Instagram. It can lend itself to Facebook because then people will, you know, more quickly recognize you. Yeah. And if they like your stuff, they're more off to, to watch it again or read it again or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm learning from that. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing, isn't it? You know, there's I don't think anyone I don't think I don't think anyone expects as far as a, as far as a consumer or, or um, you know, people that you, you build relationships with. I don't think. I don't think anyone re- really expects these days, you know, a uh, $100,000 video production for that car that you drag over the street. You know, there's people, what people want, I think, is authenticity. And that's really what people can build relationship with authenticity. They can't necessarily build relationship with the drones and the, you know, the fireworks and the slick, the slick stuff. Um, that's where, that's where it really, you know, that's where it really benefits the relationship side. If you're enjoying this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and not miss a future episode. If you'd like to know more about automotive talent and how we can assist you in the future, please don't hesitate to hit the contact link in the show notes. Back to the episode. You mentioned you mentioned YouTube and, and monetizing. Obviously, that's that's something that you're playing around with at the moment. But have you have you ever put um, I suppose have you ever put money towards promoting your ads on Facebook or, or any other platform? Have you ever tried experimented in that space? Yeah, so a very, very, very minute. Actually, I've just started to advertise a little bit more on uh, Facebook just recently. Um, really, mine hasn't been so much advertising. It's been more uh, running a contest. So, for an example, I'll give away whatever X Y Z 
and I'll have that on my Facebook page in order to gain followers and gain likes. And what, what that does is drive your channel up, which is then in turn going to have people see who I am and see what I'm doing. So I'm trying to do it in a different way than actually advertising the product. And again, I'm advertising myself in the dealership uh, so that when that person's ready, again, I'm, I'm top of mind. And those are really expensive things to do at the contest. You know, my dealership is actually awesome and they, they pay for some of this stuff for me, right? So out of pocket, honest to God, in the, in the year and a half I've been on Facebook, less than 200 bucks I probably spent on there in, in sorry two and a half years right so like yeah. what's that return on my investment it's huge and yeah. and I've now started to branch off because I have enough followers that we have a like a local Mexican restaurant for an example man we did a cross promotion they gave me free stuff I did it as a giveaway on my contest but I was also promoting them at the same time right and and that helps that helps everybody and again it creates this, this community uh sense right that I, and again that I'm that I'm involved with my community too right that you know, uh, the Stu Greyhounds, a hockey team that, that's here. Like, I get involved with that as much as I can, things like that. But again, it's more, I would rather spend money on boosting something I did with something local than than actually advertising a certain product because that's, that product's already being advertised out there. Right? Yeah. That's just yeah. me. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. That's just what I found success with more so. I, I look, I, I think, I think from what I could feel of, I, from what I could feel of it, I think you're right. You know, it, you know, in, in regards to, in regards to, you know, putting ad dollars against, you know, a loss leading ad on a, on an, on a special offer on a vehicle, you know, that's something that, that's something that the dealership or the manufacturer can do, you know, but, you know, I think in many ways, you know, if to, you know, some of these things on Facebook, for example, you know, you can really target, you can really target your audience on Facebook, you know, you can, you can put money towards it so that every single follower that you have sees your content. You could, you could target people that don't follow you. You could target friends of people that follow you. you. There's so many options you have on these channels that, and and relatively speaking, I, I think the potential dealership organization of the future would have money set aside for their people to do that type of work. You know, I think that should be a part of the marketing budget for, uh, for, for dealerships in the future, I believe. Well, that's the thing that drives me nuts right now is the fact that what you and I have been talking about, and we, we, we can see there's value in what it is that I do and how more people aren't doing this. And I think a lot of it, again, is that I was very fortunate. I had somebody within the dealership who had like a computer background and was kind of knowledgeable on some marketing things. So he kind of kicked me in the butt to start me initially and gave me some good tips and things to avoid. And um, uh, going back to one of the things we talked about earlier, things I should do, it's variation. So I didn't even realize you can't just, just post pictures of the person you sold the vehicle to one on top of the other. You have to have a... Yeah funny meme in the video and then something a variation otherwise it just gets you know cold and mundane and the same anyway um but no what drives me nuts is the fact that you know why are dealerships spending throwing so much money at radio ads that hardly anybody listens to at least where i am you know we have satellite radio we have our spotify we have apple music you know all this kind of stuff. podcasts nobody right. younger than me no podcast nobody younger than me is listening to our local radio station story yeah. and they're still they're still asking the same amount for ads Nobody is reading the paper that's younger than me right now. Why are we still paying for ads in the paper? You know, things like these, they could be, as you said, directed towards people like myself, who, if you, you know, from a management perspective, you kind of know who's going to stay and who's going to kind of go, right? And who's going who's to be successful. So you don't necessarily give that to, to everybody. You, you kind of focus in, on a few people within the dealership who you think are going to take this and run with it. And man, get some proper training. Like, that's the biggest thing for me is, why are dealers not training their salespeople to do what I do? Because then, as opposed to having one ad that you're paying for on radio or newsprint or whatever, you're going to have four or five people within the dealership that are advertising for you on an organic level with like virtually hardly any cost, even trading these people and giving them the odd 
hundred dollar thing to do a contest on or whatever. I mean, when you when you when you total all that up compared to what you're spending on other ads that aren't getting yeah. anywhere, you yeah. know, it, it just I don't understand it. I, I don't either, to be honest. And I think it, you know, you ever seen that old? There's an old meme that kicks around. It comes up on it comes up on social, especially LinkedIn. That it's a uh, it's it's a meme that has a conversation between the CEO and the CFO, and the the CEO says, "Hey CFO, we need to spend we need to spend money on training," um, and the CFO says, "Well, what if we do spend the money and our people leave?" And the CEO says, "Well, what if we don't spend the money and they stay?" Exactly. You know, like it's, exactly. Like, yeah, like it's 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 the you know the. The, the the irony of it all is that, you know, I think sometimes I think when it comes to this social sort of stuff is that, you know, I think the reservation is that, hey, we'll we'll spend we'll give you a hundred dollars to put towards your your marketing on, on social this this month, Jeff. But uh, but we won't actually no, we won't because you know you all you're doing is building a following and you might go to the dealership that's down the road. Well, that's so it's so narrow-minded isn't it it's a it's a real absolutely. It's, a, it's a real narrow way of looking at it all absolutely it is and you know I, again i mean for me i guess it's hard i'd be hard pressed to go down the road when my name is uh, general motors jeff right but um mm. you know yeah you you, yeah. you I, I think again and that's where it comes back down to this thing where i'm firmly believing that training is important because you know um the one thing you got to be cautious of, of course, as a dealer principal, you're not going to want to just give these people free reign and let them run amok. And uh, again, you want individuality, but you want them individuality to be trained from a place of, okay, here's how to do it. You don't have to do it the same, but you got to stay kind of within these parameters at least. Right. And I mean, that's the one uh, great part is I'm fortunate enough. I've been very careful. I cross my T's, I dot my eyes, I make sure I'm not doing anything inappropriate. And I think, you know, again, as a dealer principal, as a manager, you're going to know your employees enough to know that, okay, we should be able to let this guy or this girl do it. Maybe not this one. This one's more of a wild child. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, there's, there's, yeah. But again, it comes down to proper training too to tell people, okay, here's what you can do. Here's what you can't do. You can't, you can't use this, this video and claim it's yours. And because, you know, then again, now you're, now you're getting into different things like that. So there, there's, there's training involved, but I think like myself, I had a tiny bit and then I just kind of ran with it. Right. And I think that I'm not anything special. I'm just, I'm just doing it. And I think that uh, if the dealership can get their people motivated and trained properly in which to do it, Man, the, the opportunities are endless for them on an organic advertising level. Yeah, I think like most things in life, though, if if you give if you give someone responsibility, and you you if you if you show them if you show them what good looks like, and you give them the responsibility to 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 manage themselves or manage you know manage their posting by themselves, generally people will do the right thing by you. Absolutely. Um, and if yeah. they don't do the right thing by you, they're probably not going to. They're not probably doing the right thing by you in other areas of the business either. So it's a, it's a, a it, it, it it can be a it can be definitely a a bit of a learning type of scenario. But but I think most people embrace responsibility, don't they? You know. Absolutely. Well, again, you would think we would. Where I consider myself a professional, so we're professionals in the in, in this industry. You know what I mean? So I would like to think that everybody thinks that way. Unfortunately, it's not the case, but the majority it is. So I think we're lucky that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we're obviously we're 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 talking. It's it's November twenty twenty for those playing at home. Um, some very interesting things going on. Um, the U.S. election still obviously got to be figured out. That's that's something that we don't need to talk about today. But um, <laughs> how have you? What what are the like? We before we press the record button, you know, we were talking about how this year has been, and you know where we're at now as an industry. And and the irony is, isn't it that 
as we as we discovered both of I'm in Australia and, and you're in you're in uh, Canada we're both we're, it's pretty much very similar scenarios isn't it you know it, it's um things are going well you know stock stock was hard to come by it's coming back now used car prices are very high what 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 learnings have you taken out of this year Jeff Wow. Um, you know, I, I, again, I think it's going back to what I'm doing. And I think, it, you know, as if there's a silver lining to any of the COVID, it's, it's, um, it's starting to streamline the process to an extent. Uh, you know, people are going online more to learn more. And it's like, what, what I like about it is it's actually forced our archaic industry to actually take some leaps and some steps that, you know, would have taken them 10 years longer to maybe have done, right? So, um, but again, like you're saying, it's, it's the inventory level has been, has, has been a bit hard. Uh, but again, it's 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 one of those things where now we're learning to sell before we have it here, right? So it's it's changing it's changing everything that I think we're doing. To be honest with you, and um, there's a bit of a spinning the wheels. I talked about that before we got on here in terms of like you're trying to find something for somebody. You know, it takes longer. So what we've learned to adapt to that is we make appointments for people more than we ever did. I know you're supposed to, but now we have a reason to say, hey, let's make this appointment. Uh, you know, what is it you're looking for? Let's streamline it so when you're here. I already know what you're doing, so we're not all over the place trying to find this vehicle that doesn't exist or, you know, whatever. So um, it's definitely interesting that used market, like you say, that market's uh, taken off in the last little while in terms yeah. of, like, you know, it's uh, the supply versus demand. and, and uh, um, But that's also created, you know, business for us in terms of people knowing they're getting more for their trades. But the interesting thing, but they're getting more for their trades, but the retail value of the new vehicles, at least in Canada, is still really aggressive. Uh, you know the the discounts are still really aggressive, so they're getting more for their trade, but they're they're not paying more for the, the new vehicle. At least where I am. Okay, yeah, that's been yeah, that's been um yeah, that's been uh, that's probably where a slight difference is because like here here because of the um you know I think Australia in some ways and Australia in this part of the world and New Zealand for that matter, you know we I think when it comes to world market we probably make up two percent of the world market so. We're probably we're we're further down the rung when it comes to you know if a if a if an assembly line is producing vehicles you know we're the we're the last one to we're the last one to get them so but yeah. um but yeah it it really one of the things that COVID has done is because of uh is is actually held there's a lot more gross in new cars at the moment than ever before um, yeah and it's it's been it's been it's been something that we've learnt that we that we can say hang on we actually can. We actually can sell this car for that amount. We don't have to. We don't have to pull out the red pen before they even open the customer even opens their mouth. We can actually try and sell it for for for, for sticker price, and um, and uh, and and people are open to it if we give them a great experience. You know, I think that's absolutely. People people will always people will always value the service and the experience over the over the price. Generally speaking. That's a good point you make, though, too, because I think, again, as I mentioned, you know, the, from the pricing perspective, that is more where I am. But that's because, honestly, where I am, we, we, we do sell more on gross than we ever did on, on um, uh, you know, uh, numbers, right? So, yeah, maybe in a Toronto, it's, it's, they see a bit of a difference. But for me, I was already kind of making this similar money. And uh, yeah. so now, but now the customer is benefiting more because we're already kind of at this level, but then they're getting more for their trade. So, but I could see absolutely what you're saying, you know, in, in some of those markets where it's so cutthroat, where you've got five dealers within of the, of the same brand within 15 minutes or 20 minutes of where you are. So, yeah, I don't have that. We have a fairly captive audience where we are. And, yeah. again, we, you know, we, we, we like to focus on the, the value of, of, of the sale, but also the value of the service after the fact. You know, we, we really ought to focus on that because um, we 
don't have any competition in our own brand, but we have competition in our other brand around us that, you know, again, as we all know, everybody's making a good product and it comes down to the service and the service after the fact, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah. And what, what do you, I suppose, for, for putting your, putting your, I suppose your, your, your time, jumping in your time machine or looking at your crystal ball, Jeff, like, what do you think, like, where do you think the industry, like, how do you see the industry in five and 10 years from now? Like, do you, like on the sales side and what you do, like, do you, do you, do you, do you think we'll be further evolved? Will there be be more people doing the social thing? Would, what, what do you think, what do you think we'll be focusing on in five to 10 years from now? Yeah, I think what, what we're doing now, what I'm doing now is going to be the norm. If you're not doing it, then you're, you're not even there. I don't, I honestly don't think that's, I think it's going to be the case. I think that, uh, I also think you're going to see, uh, again, this is just my prediction, but I think you're going to see less people at, uh, on, on sales room floors because I think uh, a lot of the education people are going to do is going to be watching videos, going to be, you know, reading what, what's on the web. And so they're going to know a lot more about the vehicles before they come in. So that's going to, again, streamline the process where, you know, you don't need three hours, you need an hour maybe with that person to, to get everything set up, right? So if that's the case, then that person, that one individual salesperson can sell three times as much potentially, right? So I think that's going to shrink down the size of the, um, of the dealership. I think that you're going to have more people in these marketing roles in order to help their social platforms, in order to get more stuff out there to people who are sitting at home. Because again, I think it's that, I think it's the, the buying demographic, that younger buying demographic who are really going to be the one in the five, 10 years, it's going to change the way that we are buying because they're used to buying everything off Amazon or, you know, whatever it is online that they don't even need to see it. Now, obviously a car is a bit different, uh, but they can get all the information they need to right up to the point before they have to go in. They're not learning. They're not having to go to five dealerships. They're not learning all this stuff. They already know it before they go in. So I just, I think you're going to see dealerships uh, personnel on, on terms of sales. I think that's going to shrink down a little bit. And I guess I, I really, I'm focusing more on the sales part because that's what I do. That's what I see. Um, and again, a lot more focused on the social, on the internet, on uh, videos, on all that kind of stuff to get to the customer who's not coming in the door. So they come to your door before they go to the competitor's door who is doing that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, mate. I, I think, you know, the way the way, the way the way the business is evolving, the way technology is evolving, you know, like the, um, I, think, I think two words that people in the auto industry are scared of in a way is artificial intelligence, especially in the, in the sales side. But from what I've learned from, from what I've learned from it is, you know, the, the robots aren't going to come and take over our world anytime soon. You know, like when you talk about, you know, we, we've talked about through 2020 digital retailing and people buying cars online without touching, feeling, all of that sort of stuff. And that, that is happening, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't dominate our, it doesn't dominate our, our world. You know, people still, it's, it's purely a communication piece. It's purely where our customers gain the knowledge from. It's not going to be where the main bulk of customers buy, buy from. They're still going to visit the dealership. They're still going to shake someone's hand. They still want to negotiate on, on their experience. And and that's going to be something that's going to stick around for I think as long as you and I are going to be sticking around. So right. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Me too. But where where the artificial intelligence side of it will kick in is actually, I believe, is is going to be taking over the stuff that actually we're not that good at. So things like appointment setting and making that appointment setting thing and experience an efficient process. It's going to it's going to understand that when 
when uh, you know when that car lease gets towards the end of its lifetime, that the marketing for that customer needs to ramp up to say, "Hey, we're still here and we're happy to help." It's it's going to be a it's basically going to be a way. It's going to help us communicate, but it's not going to relationship build. That's still something that's up to us. We have to do that as an industry, sure. as a as a service advisor, as a salesperson, as a dealer principal. Relationship building is the only, is the thing that we're going to have to focus on. And I think we need to start. We should have started ten years ago, but we need to start oh, now. Oh, for sure, for sure. I, it's, it's, it's like I said. I, I always keep saying that we are just one of the most successful, biggest industries, but the most archaic industry and the most resistant yeah. to any sort of change, yeah. right? And that's why I said yeah. the only silver lining, only silver lining, and I'm very cautious when I say this about COVID is the fact that it really forced dealerships, dealer principals, and manufacturers to progress a little bit for once, right? And, and not be so set in their ways and things do need to change a little yeah. bit at least absolutely yeah i had a i had a friend of mine who's a client and a, and a, and uh he, he said to me the other day when i was sitting in his office he uh he said he said if you look at it from a, a, a different viewpoint the coronavirus was the best thing to happen to the automotive industry <laughs> full stop and i think in many yeah. ways yeah. You, you 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 can't argue that he's wrong it is a nope. It has really given us that time to pause and to say, is this actually the best way of doing this? Is this, right. are, we, are, we, are we making sure we're, 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 uh, we're the best versions of ourselves? It's, it, it, there, there's been, it's been that a lot of, it's, it's given us the opportunity to reflect, hasn't it? It does. And you know what, um, again, it's interesting. Uh, something just happened today with General Motors. It's pretty uh, cool and pretty interesting up here. It's going to show again something that happened with COVID that now, so we're, they're focusing obviously General Motors now on uh, in North America having North America made, right? So for a lot of it. So we actually shut a plant down in Canada about a year and a half, two years ago in, in Oshawa, Ontario. Well, as of today, they've announced uh, they're going to put between a, a billion to $1.3 billion into building Sierras and Silverado's Chevy GMC trucks in Canada again. So that's going to create 14 to 1,700 jobs. Uh, you know, they've, they've uh, directed more money to some to other plants uh, within Canada as well. And, um, you know, if not for COVID, maybe that would have never happened because they would have been still making them in Mexico. And I'm not saying anything wrong with this, but for for me as a Canadian, as a local person, it's 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 all of a sudden spurred on even more jobs than we had. So it's not like people are losing jobs. We're getting more jobs up here. So yeah, a little bit of a little bit of news up here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great it's a great side effect from it, isn't it? I think that's, you know, it's. It's, uh, you know, I think a lot of, I think the funny irony of our world, isn't it, especially where I am, you know, like um, Australia is a destination for people to come to, but but as as locals, and New Zealanders are the same, you know, I think, I think our kids actually see other countries more than they actually see their own country. You know, we, when we, when we book on, when we book holidays, it's generally, it's generally overseas. So, we we pump our we pump our money and our savings into into overseas economies where we can't travel at the moment. Like our borders are shut, so you you can't come here and I can't go there. But um, right. the 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 byproduct of that is that um, there's never been so many camper trailers, caravans, boats, um, holidays internally. You know the good old fashioned road trip that probably you and I went on when we were kids. You know we all went on road yes, trip yeah. holidays. That yeah. that's all that's all coming back. And it's uh, yes. it's it's bloody great, I think. 
and podcasts are coming back. Radio's coming back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like the old yeah. radio shows, right? It's because exactly, you have yeah. time to listen to it when you're on your road trip or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, we're harkening back to the past a little bit. It's funny you say that because it's no different up here in Canada. So where I live, we're actually right on the border of the United States. So I would travel to the States all the time and go down to the States and watch sporting events and stuff. And I've never explored my backyard more than I have this past, uh, this past year camp. Uh, went north of where I live and, and and saw the wilderness a bit more and uh, yeah I was kind of forced to see my own country and like like you just said appreciate where it is I do live actually and the things that I have in my own backyard. Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, that is an interesting side effect. You're absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, how do how do people? I know you're some. I know you're someone that is very giving, mate. You give a lot and uh, and uh, and if people want to get in touch with you to pick your brain or. Or follow you to to, to see examples of uh, of what you do. How do they? How do people get in touch with you and follow you? Yeah. So first and foremost, obviously, uh, if you're looking for ideas, things like that, LinkedIn's an easy way to connect with me. Just type in General Motors Jeff. You'll find me on there. Uh, I YouTube, guarantee that watch works. My YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. YouTube. If you want to, you know, if you're looking at, um, uh, you know, looking at maybe how to do walk around videos and, and maybe how to edit things, you can check that out. You can. I'm back to LinkedIn or Facebook and ask me. So YouTube is General Motors Jeff. LinkedIn is General Motors Jeff. Instagram is General Motors Jeff. And on Facebook, believe it or not, it's not because I'm more focused around locally. So I call myself General Motors Jeff, but uh, my title is actually uh, Jeff. It's uh, Facebook backslash Jeff Hunter Proustchev, P-R-O-U-S-E, Chev. That's where you can find me there. Cool. All right. Hopefully, uh, hopefully the, some of our followers will be hitting you up, mate. I think it's, I, rec- I recommend it to all. If you want to, if you want to get a great insight into 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 what the the the, the laboratory built automotive relationship person looks like in the future follow this man people you won't be disappointed so i appreciate your time today mate i really do and i'm sure you've dropped some great nuggets here and i really appreciate it awesome thanks so much for having me on it was a blast cheers bud cheers. Thank you for listening to the podcast, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. If you're interested in learning more about how automotive talent can add value for you or your business, please make contact through the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care and happy trading.